Yama. Mali Nagaya. From Mamma Mia, I'm Gamilla Roy and Dungati woman Mali Silva, and you're listening to Titters for Titters, the podcast where we share stories from excellent Indigenous women. Tida means sister, and in this podcast, you'll get to hear the stories of a handful of our deadliest Indigenous sisters who are out there changing the world one day at a time. A house party can lead to many things, but the name of a business probably isn't one you think of. When Christy Dickinson was working a retail job she didn't like, she realised she just wanted to make beautiful accessories that she would wear. One evening, Christy was organising a house party on Facebook, and she called the event House of Dizzy. Dizzy Moles being an affectionate term she called her closest friends. Fast forward a couple of years, and House of Dizzy the business, not the Facebook event has been worn by the likes of Drew Barrymore, Lauren Hill and Miranda Tapsell. They're so iconic that if you're seen wearing them in the streets of Sydney, where Christy grew up, you have a special wave to say, hey, I see you wearing dizzies. From palm trees to sassy hoops to the deadly Indigenous flag itself, Christy has created a range that reflects her bold and unique personality and has resonated with Australians everywhere, no matter what their nationality is. And she joins me now. Who's your mob? Where are you from? I actually grew up in Sydney all my life, but all my family's up in Dubbo. Mum's from there. All my mob's like Wellington, Bathurst, Orange, that whole little trail. Yeah, yeah. I used to get shipped up there every school holidays. <laughs> like I'd be on the XPT and my mum would be like, see ya. <laughs> She'd go, yes. As I you know. <laughs> yeah, she'd say, party. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's up that way. Oh, cool. Mm. So, whereabouts in Sydney did you grow up? Newtown. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, in Newtown. West. In the Westie. No wonder you're so cool. <laughs> like, you're just raised in that, like, melting pot of amazing. Yeah, and being, like, creative and, yeah, like, yeah I love being creative. If I didn't have that, then I don't know what I would do. Yeah. So, what was it like growing up there? <laughs> oh, I love Sydney. Like, I'm such a city slicker. Newtown's amazing. I mean, I did go to school and that in the sort of southwest in Kingsgrove. But Nan always lived in Marrickville, so we're always around that area. I mean, it's such a cool vibe over in Newtown, like, and that's probably where like a lot of my creative juices have come from. Mm. Yeah, growing up just like around art and like dancing and yeah, doing everything arty. Yeah. <laughs> so as a kid, were you making art all the oh, time? Yeah, or? definitely. I was always either slopping around in the kitchen, <laughs> making like cupcakes or something, but always using my hands, like drawing and like, you know, making little birthday cards for my mum or like painting. I love painting. Yeah. Even making like little Play-Doh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Play-Doh. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Just always good with my hands. Yeah. yeah. And... Well, like, what was your relationship like with culture as a kid and did it kind of play into the creative side as well? Yeah, no, definitely. So, I mean, when we went up to the country especially, like, we would talk a lot about, like, our culture and that sort of thing and, you know, my pop and that would take me places and then he would scare me a lot when we were, like, being naughty, like, the hairy man's going to get you, the hairy man's there. (laughs) But, um, like, played a lot into, like, my work now as well, which is great. Mm. Yeah. So, speaking of your work, yes. you are the founder and the queen of House of Disney. <laughs> yeah. Where did that start and was it a plan to, to have this business or? Well, no. I mean, when I was younger, I'd never thought I'd have my own business. Like, it was just so, you know, I don't know, like, I thought I'd be a hairdresser when I grow up. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been making jewellery for like 20 years. 
I was like living in Bondi and like just making little feathers and leather and sell them at the Bondi beach markets when I was going through my hippie stage. <laughs> but yeah, I've just always been, yeah, I always loved to make stuff and I just would do the markets and then I was like working in retail for like ever since I was 17, but just always had that little creative side. And then about five years ago, I was sort of in between jobs and I was just like, oh, I don't want to work retail anymore because I was just so sick of it. And I was like, I'm just going to start my own business. So I started just slapping all my old clothes to the markets and just selling because I collected a lot of clothes over the years being in retail. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just selling them all and just trying to get the money to, like, you know, start my business and get the tools and the supplies. And, yeah, so I did that. And then I got a friend to create the logo, House of Dizzy, and that's when it became more than a hobby. It was an actual brand. Where did yeah. you come up with the name? I... If my friends were annoying me, I'd call them a dizzy mole. <laughs> I'm like, she's being such a dizzy mole. Anyway, so then I moved in with two dizzy moles in a place in uh, Newtown. Then they started using it and then sort of became like a more endearing, like endearing yeah, term. Yeah, yeah. And then we had a house party and we were like, we had like DJs, we had photo booths organized, oh, wow. like lighting. Yeah, it was really cool. <laughs> It was the best house. And um, we were like, what, we were thinking of what, what to call it on the Facebook invite. Mm. And we were like, House of Dizzy Malls. And we're like, nah. And then we did House of Dizzy. And that's where I it came love from. that. It comes from a house party. That is such a great <laughs> origin story. <laughs> and it originated from like a Dizzy Mall. Yeah. I know. It's that hilarious so when I have like interviews and like <laughs> yeah. they're like 180 straighty businessmen and they're like, oh, okay, Dizzy Mall. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, I might steal that. I like that. Oh, yeah. Hey, use it. Okay, yeah. We, we're all dizzy malls. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when we have a couple of drinks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was all actually um, coming back from a Khalees show oh, in wow. the Horton Pavilion mm. and we were like in the Uber and we we're like, let's start a band. We'll call it the Dizzy Malls. And we we're like, none of us have any musical talent. <laughs> and I'm like, but I can dance. <laughs> but yeah, so that's oh, the Dizzy Mall story. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> There's no like real like meaning into people. No, like, is they're like, what? What is the house? Like, are you dizzy? <laughs> but I feel like it's that story is so reflective of what the brand is. Oh. So much fun. Yeah. And it's, I am yeah. a woman who is very – it's very rare to see me in colour. I mean, in a green jumper today, that's as bright as I'll get. Nice. But I love your jewellery so much and I love how bright it is and yep. I will wear anything that you make, basically. Yeah. Because nice. Yeah, yeah. And there's something that's really empowering yeah. in it. And yeah. I just find that so amazing that a piece of jewellery can make you feel like that. Like, oh, I'm totally. a boss. Yeah, I know. Well, it's like me spewed up in earrings form. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and people are like, oh, what inspires you to make this? What inspires you to make that? Like, what? Like, and I was just like, I just make things that I want to wear. Yeah, <laughs> it's well, like I don't really follow trends or anything. It's just like I just make things that I like. And I think that people, like, <laughs> and if you like it, you like it. If yeah. you don't, you don't. <laughs> There's something really authentic in that. Yeah, and, and that's what people enjoy. And mm. um, yeah, it's it's amazing because I find that some of like the imagery in, in your jewelry and stuff is it's very recognizable. Yeah. You know straight away. As soon as if I see a woman in the street, I can I know if she's got house of Disney's on. Yeah. Like, Apparently uh, there's um a couple of girls like uh, customers from Newtown were like, there's a house of Dizzy nod. Like they go they yeah. sort of <laughs> see him in the street and they sort yeah. of look up like, yeah, that's house of Dizzy. Oh, <laughs> Which wow. I think is amazing. Yeah. Like, oh my God. It is. Yeah. It really is. And I guess it seems that it was only five years ago that mm. you kind of 
how does that happen? How does that grow? I know. I mean, it's just like, I've, and I've never like sat down and was like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. Like set goals or anything. I've just let it happen organically and not the best at like setting myself tasks to do. But, but it's working. Yeah. And I just like, and I'm just happy with how it's going. Like, yeah. Well, you're not a goal setter, but is there anything? <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what's something that has been one of the proudest achievements you've seen? so far. Uh, Lauren Hill wearing my stuff. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. That's insane. How <laughs> and then I actually happen? got to meet her. <gasps> yeah, so basically, I mean, Instagram is such a yeah. powerful tool for any small business. It gets such a reach and mm-hmm. I just got hit up from this stylist. The stylist was like, you know, I'm coming over to Australia. Lauren Hill really loves your stuff. And I was just like, because I get hit up a lot. Yeah. especially by these little Instagram models mm. <laughs> asking for free jewellery and they have like 500 followers and then Aww. they're like, if you give me your stuff, I'll wear it and you'll get like heaps of followers. I'm like, dude, I've got more followers than you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chill out. But, yeah, so anyway, so this stylist contacted me and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds cool, Lauren Hill. I'm like, yeah, I can't really believe that. Anyway, so I went stalking her, her page, and then I was like, actually – she is a stylist. She styles for like Ice Cube and all these other people. So I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I'll send you some stuff. And then I sent her a whole like heap of different stuff. And then she ended up wearing it like at the Sydney show and yeah. Melbourne. Wow. Both shows. That and then they insane. get like she invited me to come on the last show and oh I got to God. meet her. Oh my God. What was she like? Amazing. Yeah. But I got really nervous because Auntie had a couple of wines. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because I couldn't hug her over the table because of the security. So yeah. I like grabbed her hand and kissed her hand. And like Tani was with me from Gammon Threads. And she's like, shame. <laughs> she's the queen. you got to kiss her hand. She's like, do you want to bow down to her next time? I'm like, yes, I will. <laughs> so still I get like teased. She was like, remember that time when you kissed Lauren Hill's hand? But that's like it's still a great claim to be able to I say you that. Yeah. I'm a bit of a dork when it comes to celebrities. I think it would be weird if you didn't freak out if you yeah. meeting Lauren Hill. Like, that's yeah. amazing. Growing up, like, yeah, that she is. Um, album, like, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill was, like, my soundtrack to my teenage years. Yeah, yeah, wow. It's like, you know, took me through everything. Breaking up with boyfriends, yeah. being happy, being sad. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So that was amazing. That I still pinch myself. I'm like, yeah. did that happen? I-, I felt emotional when I saw the photo. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, my God. That is insane. I know. It just shows like mm. how your art is so universal. Yeah, totally. You know, even yeah. if it is our flags or it's our art and whatever, yeah. like it's amazing. Yeah. And also a couple of weeks ago, Drew Barrymore was wearing my earrings, which was amazing when she came over here. I was like, <gasps> Drew Barrymore. That is so <laughs> I know. cool. Yeah. I was that, fangirling. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really amazing. Mm. That's something that you, you can't try and do that like yeah that, it just happens just happens wow yeah I guess to change gears a little bit maybe we can talk about how as a designer mm. how you see the landscape of Aboriginal designers at the moment like it just seems quite prolific oh it's fantastic like it's just there's so many more coming up and having that confidence to actually like show their work and mm. really get it out there and that's what like Tani and I talk about this all the time about just you know sort of being a role model for other designers to like, you know, have that confidence to get out there. Yeah. So was that because obviously uh, Tani from Gammon Threads, for those who don't know, um, yes. definitely go suss them out. Amazing. As well. They're amazing. You're both based in Melbourne. Yes. Uh, is that part of the reason you moved down there? There's like a lot of, there's just more happening, isn't there? Well, I mean, I moved down there for an ex, to be honest. Uh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and then got rid of him. <laughs> and um, now living my best life. Yeah. Um, 
but no, it's like the Aboriginal community down there, the queer community, like they're so strong. inclusive and yeah. strong and want to help you where it's like in Sydney I feel like I didn't really have that support. Like yeah. it was sometimes I feel it's a little bit tall poppy syndrome up here. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, since moving down to Melbourne, there's been so many opportunities and it's just been like I've been doing so many workshops. Like I just did um, a workshop at a juvenile justice centre. Oh, wow. I'm doing one tomorrow at Jajira. It's like the um, Family Violence Prevention Organisation. It's Aboriginal. Yeah, wow. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just like community down there is just so strong and so wants you to succeed, which is amazing. Yeah, that's really cool. With those um, girls you worked with at the Juvenile Justice um, center. Yeah. How did you find they responded to doing oh, this? They loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was like, it's very full on. Like, I've done yeah. a lot of workshops at children's hospitals and stuff like that as well, which mm. is heartbreaking. Mm. But they love it. Like, it, they said, you know, it's always a good turnout. It's the best turnout. And they yeah, always yeah, like yeah. leave with their earrings and stuff. Aww. So, yeah, it's very rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about like how many designers there are and stuff now, but have you shown at like fashion shows and, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually when I first started, I did the Mercedes Fashion Week in Sydney Wow, for PE Nation yeah, yeah, when yeah. they first launched. Yep. So I did all the earrings for that show. Cool. Yeah, so that was pretty good. So yeah, I haven't really gotten to do much with Fashion Week because I'm always so bloody busy. Of course. <laughs> good busy. But yeah, good busy. There's definitely a lot of things that I want to achieve and mm. do a lot more of. Mm. Yeah. Do you think there's a lot of uh, enough opportunities for Aboriginal designers to I feel to like do it's that? I feel like mm. people are seeing us and we're being, you know, seen and sort mm. of heard of and stuff. So, I feel like it's yeah. I feel the stronger that we sort of work together, and collab and like do all these yeah. things the stronger we're going to lift it, like everybody else up you yeah. know sort of thing yeah. each other up yeah mm. so something that, that I thought about talking to you about um, because our flag is such a big part of yes. a lot of the stuff that you do yeah I guess if some people don't know, recently we've had a lot of discussions around the IP of the uh, yep. Aboriginal yep. flag um, yep. as the creator of it, Harold Thomas, sold the rights of it to a non-Indigenous company. Yes. And now there's requirements for people who use it for a profit to, yep. to pay royalties. Yes. Has that affected you? Not at this moment. So apparently it's only with clothing. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, we're going to see what happens from here. Like I've had a bit of like um, legal advice. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to see what happens and go from there. How but, do you yeah. feel about this discussion? Oh, it's crazy. Like mm. being Aboriginal and having that flag is like it means so much to me. I mean, growing up, I grew up with like a lot of like white kids. Yeah. Actually, when I was little, like they used to tease me for being Aboriginal. So wow. I used to be like, I remember my mom actually, um, it was like National Flag Day. So my mom dressed me up in black, yellow and red. Yeah, yeah. And I cried and cried and cried. I said, I don't want to go to school because the kids are going to tease me. And I just felt, and so she made, like, she let me stay home. Wow. But I just look back at that now and I just think, if I could just, like, shake that little girl, like, babe, like, it's, this is who you are. Like, you need to embrace it. Yeah. So that flag, it just, I don't know, it just makes putting an armor on, like, like, it makes me feel strong when I wear it. And that's what I want young kids to feel strong and have the confidence to actually go and achieve those goals that they want to do. So, yeah, the flag is, I don't know, and now I feel, and I use it in my work a lot because I think back to that little girl who was so ashamed of being Aboriginal Mm. because people would tease her. Yeah. But now, like, I put put those colours on and I just feel stronger. Yeah. 
Do you know? Like, yeah, and I just feel it's such a shame because yeah. now it's like it's kind of tarnished in a way. Mm. Uh, yeah, I tend to agree, and I, I kind of I love that the idea that the flag is is like armor. It's like an armor. Yeah, yeah. When I wear my shirt with the flag on yeah. it, like I just feel, I feel invincible. Yeah, it's like your back straightens. So yeah, your shoulders go back. Yeah, and it feels like that. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's how young were you when? Um, uh, so happened this happened all like pretty much all through time, yeah. primary school. It wasn't until high school because I like I went to school. It was like predominantly like white people and mm. Greek people, mm. and I was the only Aboriginal girl. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just there was some nasty people. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, yeah, and I used to like go home crying, <sighs> and then like even just, like silly things, and I would like you know people were like why are you so black? <laughs> I know. And I'd say we went on holidays and I used to tan. Like I used yeah. to make up like stupid little excuses and I'm just like – and I like just look back at that little girl and I just feel so sorry for her mm. and I was just like, you know, it's just – yeah. And I grew mm. up like with a lot of racism in my, in my house and mm. my dad used to call my mum like a lot of names and oh, so God. I always had that shame. But yeah. it wasn't until I went to high school and I started hanging out with like a lot of islanders and that mm. type of thing and they were like – be black, be proud. proud yeah. yeah, yeah. Did and you have anyone in particular who was a bit of a role model for you growing up or, or someone who mm-hmm. helped shape that understanding? Well, definitely my mum. Yeah. Yeah. Like she always like, you know, you're black, you're beautiful. I think it was hard as well because I was black and my brother and sister were white. They took after my dad. Ah, okay. So it was always like me and my mum were the odd ones out. Yeah, wow. Sort of thing. I don't know. It was like, yeah, very messed up. But I don't want any other kid to go through what I went through. Yeah. I want them to be proud to be black. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to use the flag and like a lot of my stuff yeah, to yeah. give them that armor. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because I had the opposite experience in terms mm. of why are you so white was the question I got. Oh, uh, right. I grew up in the Southern Shire. Yeah. Where everyone is white. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. And I think because of that and because of how I felt inside, which was like, I always known that I'm I'm black and, yeah. and it doesn't matter what I look like in the mirror because I, I feel it. I know yeah. how black I am. Yeah. So I think I definitely f- through a period of time overcompensated yeah. with like the earrings and the jewellery and yeah. like the shirt and my bag and everything yeah. was had the flag on it yeah. because I was like, no, 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 like I need you to know so, who I am in yeah. the room, particularly yeah. when I was at uni because I yeah. was quite often the only one in the room. And if suddenly someone starts talking about something Aboriginal, I want you to be aware that I'm here yeah. um, because whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's interesting. It's the other way around. But we yeah. have all these different experiences but feel the same way because I don't want any kid who looks like me to have to, you know, spend yeah. – I, I spent a good decade trying to prove to people who I was and prove how black I was. I know. And that's – yeah, and something that we shouldn't have to do. Yeah. But, I mean, that, then I, like, think about all these, like, you know, kids committing suicide up mm. like, you know, Northern Territory, WA, because they're getting teased because they're black. Yeah. And I feel like that flag brings us together. But now I just feel like, yeah, it's just really tarnished and it's yeah. just like, I don't know. It's hard to because, you, like – I don't want to take anything away from Harold Thomas. Like, of course, uh, and, yeah. And, and that's the that's yeah. the flip side of the thing. It's like exactly. well, I respect him because he's given us this. Yeah. Um, and he's an elder and he, he should be respected and whatever. Of but my question is, like, has he been manipulated by this company? Exactly. Mm. Yeah. How do you feel? Because that same company has been hit with like a, one of the biggest- 2.3 million, million or something yeah. for selling- But they will never pay that. No. Yeah. They they're selling. Uh, they were selling fake Aboriginal art. Oh, disgusting! Mm. You, getting they they were yeah getting it made in Indonesia and then just like fobbing it off as Aboriginal. 
Is this still a massive issue? Because, you know, I feel I, like it is. Yeah. You just like, I, West, we were just staying down at Circular Quay and you walk past those little souvenir shops. It's mm. all like made in China, made in China. It's like, ridiculous. With Aboriginal art on it. Yeah. Yeah. And then even sometimes when it is quote unquote authentic Aboriginal yeah. art, like whatever that even means, if it's sold by a third party that's not an Indigenous, you kind of go, well, that's the thing. Is I that just money did going a, to them? Yeah. I just did a, the black markets down at Circular Quay. Yeah. yeah. And it was like all these amazing artworks, but there were white people standing there selling them. So I'm like, mm. how much money is actually going to that artist? Yeah. When they're selling like artwork for like five grand That's so weird. at like a arts market. Yeah. I would feel really weird about I that. know. Like, that's really weird. Yeah. There oh. was even like this old fella, he was like painting a didgeridoo and this like woman, like he's just sort of sitting on the floor, like on his bit of like, um, had like a little mat or something. This woman like literally just stepped over him. I'm like, what are you doing? What? Yeah, it was, it was weird. But it was a great market, yeah. How do you – because I've been asked this question before, particularly when people see my rings that I'm yep. wearing right now, which you did customs for us, which is amazing for Titters for Titters. Yeah. Um, people go, oh, my gosh, I love House of Dizzy. I yeah. love these and whatever. But is it okay if I'm non-Indigenous to yes. wear it? Yeah, I know. I, and I get that quite a lot. Yeah. And I feel like if you're going to be an ally and you're going to start those conversations and, you know, get awareness to what's happening in Indigenous communities, and then I feel like you can wear them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about that getting non-Indigenous people to celebrate us as well. Exactly. Something for all of us to be excited about. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. When we're working all together, it's the stronger we're going to be. So are you working on anything exciting you can tell us about Um, at the moment? Oh, there's many things. (laughs) I can imagine. (laughs) So NAIDOC Week's coming up. Yeah. So I'm very excited for that. And then um, I've just worked on some merch for Baker Boy. Wow. (laughs) Which is really cool. cool. Yeah. But there's so much going on at the moment. There's lots of brand new things coming. I've just started doing like a fine jewellery like range. So I'm working on that. So it's all 18 karat gold with like diamonds and stuff. Wow. (laughs) So I'm collaborating with um, Axel and Quill and they're Mm -hmm. a Sydney-based designer. So yeah, I've been doing that. Um, yeah, lots of stuff. Yeah, lots of really fun stuff. <laughs> I can't think of right now. Yeah, no, I, I guess when you work on so many different things, your, your brain yeah. just like, doesn't Yeah, oh, I think, yeah, this weekend sort of fried me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. Never stop. <laughs> Never stop. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for your time. Oh, no, I wonder love if it. there's anything that you, you want to finish this off with, like maybe it's a message to that young Christy or, yes. you know, people, people like us. Yeah, I think just, um, yeah, be – be proud to be black, be confident, don't be shame. And um, if you want to achieve something, it could be anything. If you're like a sports person, an artist, a dancer, a singer, you just go for it. Like, don't hold back. Yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> Thank you so much. And Christy. stay deadly. Yay! <laughs> Thank you for listening to Titters for Titters this season. We'll be back in your ears with a second season shortly. If you want to see more of Christy's work, check out House of Dizzy on Instagram. It's house with an AU. Or check out her website by following the links in our show notes. If you like this show, please share it with someone you know and leave us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. If you want to see more from Titters for Titters, follow us on Instagram by searching Titters for Titters. Titters for Titters is produced by Eliza Ratliff and Amelia Navasquez. I'm Marley Silva. See you next time.